welcome to the click cast and with us as always we have the author mr encyclopedia brown jimmy jam give it up what's up what's up and sitting in with the click cast is the man the myth the legend he is the engineer mr make it happen give it up for b squared hey what's going on ron and jimmy jam Yes, sir. And I am your guy, Big Ron Stud, here as your host of the ClickCast. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Google Podcasts and soon to be all of your streaming services. We're coming to be everywhere. That's the plan. Um, I got through that without messing up for the first time. I'm very proud of me. Um, Okay. Before we get started, um, shout out to Scott Hall. Um, He is in the hospital on life support apparently because he had several heart attacks after um after a blood clot got loose after a surgery recently so hopefully he pulls through he's made through a lot and uh damn <laughs> oh yeah praise yeah. going up yeah Definitely. praise up to Scott Hall um <clears throat> oh and um I forgot to mention I know it's like a terrible segue but I forgot to mention um ClickCast is also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, ClickCast33. And you can check us out on YouTube where we stream the show every week. So um, let's go ahead and get into it this week. Uh, we're going to talk about our new series we will be starting today. It's the Versus series. We'll be taking promotions and going back and forth between each promotion and seeing who left a greater legacy on their uh, wrestling business, what they did wrong, what they did right, why they're still around or not around in some cases. Um, so, um, <clears throat> excuse me. With that, I want to start with what I felt like was um, a really good start of two promotions who had enormous effect on the wrestling business, and that would be um, Ring of Honor and ECW. Extreme Championship Wrestling, not Eastern Championship Wrestling. They sucked. So we're going to talk about ECW and ROH. Um, start off, I want to talk about what they both did right. And um, let's start off with ECW, which I think seems to me to be the easiest thing to start off with. But um, B, if we're talking about ECW, what would you start off by saying they did right in wrestling? Oh, to me, with ECW wrestling, what they did was they allowed the wrestlers to more so be themselves. And also it just, you know, the first wrestling promotion that I can remember that removed the, the chains of a disqualification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There, you were not going to have a disqualification for getting thrown over the top rope like they did. And, and WCW there for a period of time, which was, you know, completely ass and I, and, you were going to get all sorts of uh, a plunder, as uh, Dusty Rhodes would say. Plunder, if you will. Plunder, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the more plunder, the more you get to go to the, the pay window, which may or may not be open, but that's a different portion of the show. But I, I'll leave it at that for right now with ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're not getting paid just yet. Slow down. Okay. Um, <laughs> JJ, what were your thoughts on ECW and what they did right? So, ECW did a lot of right. And for them to be such a small promotion, they really made a huge impact on, on the entire wrestling business. Because you have to remember, ECW, they were doing, quote-unquote, Attitude Era before the Attitude Era. Without ECW, 
there is no attitude error. I know Bischoff likes to take credit for bringing in Hogan and doing the whole NWO thing. Yeah, that changed the business and all that, but the edgier product, that was ECW long before WCW was doing any of that shit. So Paul Heyman, he needs his flowers for ushering in that that edgier, grittier product because he was doing that shit in like, what, what was it, 94? Yeah, three, maybe 94, 93. Like a real hardcore promotion. And a lot, a lot of people think it was just garbage hardcore wrestling. That's not true at all. It was actually a hybrid of of pure, like, technical wrestling and the hardcore style. I think that's what people misconstrue, and that's what made ECW so special. You had the genius of Paul Heyman, who who was a master at hiding people's deficiencies yes. and highlighting all their strengths. Actually, when the, 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 the uh, positive great talents coming in, whether it was introducing the, the Lucha Libre style to the United States, or whether it was bringing in these technical wins like uh, Dean Malenko. And, you know, you had Eddie Guerrero, who was a hybrid of that Lucha Libre style and that pure mat wrestling style. They did, they did a lot right when it comes to wrestling. Facts. Um, you guys took all the great answers because those are all the things I had coming to the party about what ECW did right. And I also want to add... Um, something that Paul Heyman did that no other promoter was able, has been able to do. And that is um, just create this incredible loyal following and their, um, their audience was a extremely, extremely passionate audience. It was the yeah. thing that turned me on the most about watching ECW was watching the chance and seeing how the crowd all seemed like insiders. Like they all knew something that was going on. And that was in great part to what Paul Heyman did as to never lie to the, to the audience he lied to the to the to the wrestlers <laughs> but he didn't lie to the audience and um coming out and telling them things like you know or, or firing sabu when that went down coming out and, and talking about people got injured and showing them exactly what happened what the move was and not saying they left to go do something and there's really their, their neck was broken so um i think that plus everything you guys mentioned is what they did right, and and um, ECW was was incredibly special in that sense. And um, I'm not going to yeah, s- go ahead, B. Also, I just wanted to interject on something else. Not only did they have a loyal fan base, um, in fact, with me and my best man, we saw every wrestling promotion live, with with the exception of ECW, because we didn't want to get caught in the crowd when they started throwing chairs. So <laughs> we, we weren't going, we, we decided, no, we'll just watch it on TV. But, but they had loyal fans, but they also had loyal wrestlers. Mm. Believed in Paul Heyman, believed in what he was doing. Um, un- unfortunately, um, ultimately to their their, their detriment. Well, to a fault, yeah. But but yeah, yeah, but you have to have buy-in from from the guys in the locker room, and they all bought in. Whether they were your straight hardcore slobber knocker, or whether they were your pure, you know, Matt technicians. Um, and also with Joey Styles, he stepped up the whole announcing one man announcing game to where you actually learned all of the various moves and everything wasn't just being called a maneuver. So it was, it was just great from that standpoint to learn the different variations of a, of a task plex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they had names for everything, which is great. Nobody's done it like Joey Styles by himself calling the whole pay-per-view. I got to give it to him. 
I don't like his politics. I hate the fact that I know, but <laughs> I got to give it up. He he called m- multiple pay per views alone, and so that takes talent. Yeah, that takes mad talent. Um, facts, yeah. They they did a whole lot right, and, and we're going to get to all the stuff they did wrong. And how could they mess that up? That's what kills me. Like you ruined what could have been like the standard of a promotion. But um, almost on the flip side, it's, it's so weird. As I I did my my research on um, ECW and ROH, they are extremely similar, even down to like major controversies. But um, what ROH did. Let's start off with ROH as we covered um, ECW just now. But let's start off with ROH, what they did right. Um, they they did a lot right. And that, the more I think about it, a lot of what they did right was um, very similar to ECW in the sense that they had a, 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 a certain path they wanted to take. They had a certain way they wanted to present their product. And they did that. And it was just, it wasn't the extreme. It was basically the flip side of that, right? They went to the honor portion of wrestling and they went to pure wrestling and they, you know, they had some of the best workers we've ever seen, basically, I think, in the last 20 years. Um, and they still had the hardcore. So it's kind of like they, they did the opposite of ECW where they featured the great wrestling. They had the hardcore. You had, like, the Ladder War series where you had some great violent ladder matches. And you also had the um, the uh, Jimmy Jacobs hanging one of the Briscoes, I think Jay Briscoe, from the rafters while blood dripped on him with his white suit. It was freaking disgusting. But um, they, they did some hardcore stuff, too, and they, they pulled it off well. So, And and just like I say, as I, I did my res- research and, and checking out which promotion I thought was better at the end, and it, it's, it's hard for me to say, even as I'm talking about this now, I don't know who I'm going to pick as the one who, who stood out the most. But um, they they had a style. They went after their style. They stuck to that style. And they presented their show in the way that they felt that they wanted to show it. And it came off great. It came off as an alternative still to the standard of wrestling that we see even today with our, the, the WWE entertainment that we see. It stood out from that as a much different product. The product for where the hardcore wrestling fan, again, went to see real wrestling. Um JJ, I know you're an ROH guy. So, what, what are you thinking they did right? So it's 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 eerily scary how similar ROH and ECW really are because before I even ROH always to me seemed like the spiritual successor to ECW. I mean, it basically was. And, and it's funny because when I, I always felt that, and then a few years ago, I actually heard Paul Heyman in, in an interview say that that uh, all those e- all, all those ROH guys would have been ECW guys mm-hmm. because ECW closed down in like 2001 ROH came about in 2002 so you you can see how those ROH stars would have been in ECW and whereas ECW stood out for hardcore wrestling and ROH went the flip side Doing the technical honor type wrestling, but but they, they but they both still had they both still had hardcore and that wrestling and Ring of Honor and, and it's funny because Ring of Honor actually had to had their very first show in in, uh, in uh, Philadelphia, which is where ECW was originally based before they went to New York. So Ring of Honor did a lot right as far as like bringing forth this this new 
quote unquote indie style of, mm-hmm. of wrestling. A lot of a lot of high spots, a lot of drama, a lot of emotion. Because you weren't getting you weren't getting these huge work rate type matches in WCW or WWF, that's they were called at that current. No, I guess they were WWF by that point. Yeah. Um, you know, you had you you would get like Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in WCW, or you would have like a Chris Benoit versus Krangle match or whatever. But top to bottom, that was ROH. Like they all their matches were were, were bangers. <laughs> You know, even um, Eddie even, Guer- Guerrero was on the very first uh, ROH whatever. show. Like they were all bangers, and of course, you know ROH introduced to Daniel Bryan, well, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, and Punk. You know, so I I really love the way ROH was more geared toward technical mat wrestling and had that sprinkle of a hardcore versus ECW was more hardcore wrestling and had that sprinkle of the technical, technical wrestling. And I think it was a nice dichotomy. Okay, this is where I throw it to B. B, what are your thoughts on ROH? Yeah, ROH, they were, I mean, they, out of all of them, had more of a feel of a, of a, um, of a territory. Um, but they, they knew who they were and they stayed in their lane. You know, they, they the, the code of honor of the handshaking before the matches, which, you know, even face or heel, you, you were going to have that handshake. And you had a passionate fan base that was really into the product. You know, I've seen you know, some of their matches live and it was it was an experience um, not only in the ring, but also outside of the ring. And it made it feel more more of a connection than, you know, a WCW or a, a um, WWF. You know, at the time, those stars seemed less attainable or less, less able to reach out and touch them versus, you know, the smaller, more intimate setting that um, ROH held their, um, you know, their matches. And, and also intuitive that they were, they cultivated the talent that they had and brought in what folks would deem as failures from these other promotions because the writers sucked and couldn't, you know, the, the leadership couldn't recognize talent and allow them to go there and to build their repertoire, build their name, you know, a, a Jay Lethal, you know, the greatest first generation wrestler ever, which is just so hilarious <laughs> and so funny that I bought the shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, they're able to, you know, not only to, to grow their own talent to, you know, they, you know, they also cherry pick from the smaller independents, but, you know, bring in names that you, you knew and give credible matches. You know, I, I think about when the, um, oh goodness. Well, even with, when Holton, old Matt and Jeff Hardy, when they went there, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin went there to face off against, you know, them boys, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with their, you know, their, their redneck Kung Fu, which is <laughs> hilarious in of itself, but all of them could go. The wrestlers that went there, they changed up their style of wrestling to suit the, the, the desire of the fans. Um, but they were, they were just able to have such a, a, a great product. Unfortunately, they never, they all they had was their syndicated deals. Um, and they never were able to get, you know, one of the, the big networks where it was national 
or even up to the point to where they're alive. So they're, they're lesser known, but you know, just the product entering was great. Now let's see the one Mark actually had against, I guess I can best say against ROH that I had in favor of ECW was the crowd. But now hearing you say you were there and you saw, you felt an, an electric cloud and I'm sorry, an electric crowd and an electric audience and, and something special there is like, again, it changes my whole concept of what I thought an ROH crowd was now. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. The ROH crowd, you know, they did a lot of shows in the, um, up there in the, the bingo hall in Philly, but mm-hmm. most of their venues were smaller where you would have maybe, Oh, 250. I think that's what this venue that we had. But like I said, I had, I was in the third row. Right. (laughs) You know, right there. And just to see the wrestlers up close and personal and then to be able to see all of the the audience members. And they they put on one, it was just, well, they did some taping there, but for the most part, it was a house show. But it it was great card, top to bottom, seeing a young Scorpio Sky. And Mm -hmm. he had a different persona. Um, during those those early days, to where he he, he played more like the the sniveling, um, cowardly heel at times. I remember in Wrestling Society X, he used to carry around his trophies from high school. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> 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 He's like, I'm an MVP. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's almost like you know I scored four, four touchdowns in a single game. Exactly. Know, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't. A, I was a fan right then and there. I knew that dude was going to be something if he kept up with it. So to see where he is now, I'm really happy. And shout out to Scorpio Sky for becoming the TNT champion. Um, okay, this is where it gets kind of fun in my opinion. And since Jimmy Jam doesn't like talking negatively, <laughs> I'm going to let him start off with <laughs> what he thought. What do you think ECW did wrong? I mean, there's a lot of things they did wrong, but take it off. What, where did they go wrong? So before I say that, I want to have a caveat because in your text, when I said, what's the format of this show? What did I do? You now? didn't say what, what they did wrong. I, okay. So I prepare for this part. But I, I said head. that in the conversation and in, in, in our pre, our pre interview and you had no questions there, sir. So you really oh, just true. saved that for that's now. True. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I went off what you told me about contribution and who had the biggest stars. No, that's all you guys are extremely bright, and I trust you to, to change on a dime. <laughs> I have literally an author and an engineer on here. Come on. CW did wrong. They did have a lot of garbage wrestlers, and I can see how that would turn off a lot of people. And honestly, a lot of that shit doesn't hold up today. Yeah. But we'll keep it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it in context from that part when they were hot from like mid nineties to like what two thousand two thousand one. Um, you know, I mean, they had Public Enemy who just wasn't oh, good. God. You know, they had the whole mass transit incident and. And don't get me wrong, I love me some some fucking New Jack. I love New Jack, <laughs> but he's not a good wrestler. He's not a good person. I, okay. <laughs> I, I love Rest him. in peace, Sandman. New Jack. <laughs> I love Sandman, but he is not a good wrestler. I mean, I have said on this podcast many times, I am a work rate guy. You say, you give me Joe Blow versus Joe Malone. 
and you tell me that's a five-star match, I don't need to know who the hell they are. I'm going to watch it because you said it was a great match. And I can enjoy just a random great match. But, you know, ECW, they had a lot of fuckery. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, looking back on that stuff now, you know, I, I remember one match specifically. It was um, a three-way dance match. It was the Dudley Boys, uh, the uh, Eliminators, and the Gangsters. I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, but I remember that three-way dance match. And the ending was, I forget who it is, but some some manager or somebody running to the ring, knocks over uh, Perry Saturn in the head with like this fucking glass panel or something like that. He knocks him out. And then Devon pins him. He gets to win one, two, three. Now, Grant, we all know ECW was hardcore style and all that, but I can see how that would turn off a wrestling fan if you're expecting a match between these six competitors and then you have all this, all these run-ins and all, all this fuckery. Yeah. So ECW, they didn't do. I, I love ECW. I mean, I will go to a show and still chant ECW than anybody else. <laughs> But they had a lot of fuckery and they had a lot of bullshit wrestling. Fact that I mean yes, that very, very, very well taken point. Uh, B, where are you standing on on ECW shortcomings? Uh, ECW shortcomings. There, there, there's two of them. One of them is that um, you know, and definitely in this day and age, and even when I was looking back at it then, the violence against the women. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, before yes. then, you didn't see if, yeah. if a woman in wrestling got hurt, it was by accident. And it was a big, not, big not deal. Yeah. A cradle pile driver in the middle of the ring with the, you know, with, with the tail all out and everything yeah. going the bits. Yeah, so that was, that, that was one thing that was, you know, you, you had, you know, Sensational Sherry and, you know, Jackie are my top two all times in terms of if I want a ballet. Those are the two I'm getting because I right. know they're down for whatever. Right, right. I can but take that it. Was, yeah, that, that was, you know, one thing that really stood out to me. And, and the second one, of, of course, was, um, you know, that I alluded to earlier is that they didn't pay their wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like Paul Heyman had a, had a pyramid scheme going on. <laughs> he had a Ponzi scheme jumping on. Yeah, yeah, where he was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Basically. That led to the demise, and it, and it also didn't help that when they were when they got their deal and they're filing on you know TNN you know the Nashville Network is that they totally trashed the Nashville Network <laughs> on their network, and I'm like, what are you doing? He literally created a character to mock the network and put him on. <laughs> yes, yes. When you were already on shaky ground to begin with. Oh, Pauly, Pauly, and, and you and you trash it. But yeah, but that uh, if it, it was, I know it's difficult for Paul because not only was he getting poached by WCW, he was getting poached by WWE. So yeah. they were. Yeah, yeah. They, he constantly had to, you know, do some shady accounting and also continue to push that envelope even further to the level of violence and you know with you know looking back at that that new jack um match where oh i can't even think of the wrestler that he you know new jack tried to murder a mass like, transit yeah um uh axel rotten was it was that yeah yeah 
Yeah. Where he tased him and then tried to throw him oh. completely off of that scabbard oh. to the ground and he yeah. just didn't throw him far enough. That wasn't Axel Rotten. Oh, God. Oh, what was that, dude? Uh, Grimes. Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes, okay. Yeah, Vic Grimes. Yeah, but yeah, but that was just <sighs> he, he tried to kill a man. But that, yeah, yeah. Keep the audience because you know, like Jimmy just said earlier, is that you know the whole attitude era. You know that's where part of where they uh, not only EC, uh, not only WWE or WWF, but also WCW. They started to have more um, extreme matches and tables and chairs, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's really what they 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 did wrong because they eventually wound up with the executives at TNN they're like oh screw it you know you're going to trash us you know we're getting complaints about you know the violence against the women and this uh, the, the blood and gore and that's what ultimately led to their you know losing their TV contract and from there you know the writing was on the wall excellent points as always um you guys nailed it and and a couple of things I need to bring up is that um, Paulie didn't want to change when he got to TNN. He wanted to keep the blood and guts and the fire tables and all that stuff. And that could only be a small portion of the show. It couldn't be the dominant portion of the show. Like we, how we talked about RH was like some hardcore and a lot of good wrestling. That's kind of what ECW had to be. If you're going national, if you're going on TV for everybody to see, for everybody to take in, now everybody can take in all the hardcore stuff they were doing. I remember when I first tuned in to ECW and I was excited because I heard so much about it. And just like Jam said, it was some garbage wrestling. Um, I didn't get the Sandman. He was awful. <laughs> Other than the damn entrance, I was like, I didn't get it. He was so bad. And another thing that ECW does not get enough credit for or discredit for, as the case may be, is they are the birthplace, the starter of the multiple kickouts after chair shots and finishers. I cannot believe they don't get this credit as people talk about this so-called indie style where you know everybody gets hit with 12 finishers and kicks out. That started in ECW. Um, I remember seeing Rob Van Dam in a match where my man literally holds a chair in somebody's face or, or Fonzie holds a chair in somebody's face while he sits on the rope. While Rob Van Dam preps himself and gets steady and balanced to hit his kick, I'm like, "Come on, you guys, you're killing me right now." This is I can't. Was that the Van Daminator or was that the Van Terminator? Oh, uh, the Van Terminator, the Van Terminator. Where you're holding in his face while the guy's waiting patiently to get kicked with a chair in his face. It was things like that that I was like, "Okay, you guys are killing me." Like, make it work for me. And then he kicked out of the the the, the finish. Of course, he kicked out of the count. So it was like things like that. I thought they um did wrong. And they, it made the product to me look like less than. I didn't believe it as much of a, as a, a shoot as I wanted to because it was so violent. But um, yeah, and the f- fact that they never wanted to change, they never wanted to grow out of being like out of the bingo hall. And and something that Paul Heyman said on one of the DVDs is that they probably grew too. I can take that back. That wasn't Paul Heyman. It's probably um Tommy Dreamer, who said that they probably grew too fast. They um needed to slow down before they hit TNN, before they made all these other moves and get their stuff right before they, you know, could, so they could make that national jump, but probably a much better deal, but it didn't happen for them. But yeah, mostly um, crap matches didn't pay people. And yeah, it was, it was, um, 
It was a kind of a, a bad deal as far as the ECW's demise. As quick as they rose up, they, they fell down. And that was disappointing to me. But let's jump into ROH and figure out what they did wrong. And why is now ROH in the hands of Tony Khan, which, trust me, I'm, I'm happy he's in, in charge of it. But they're no longer an independent company. And the last time I saw a company get bought up by another company, it turned to uh, the invasion and a horrible Monday night or, or horrible SmackDown with Arn Anderson doing commentary and Tony Giovanni and it just didn't work out right. So, um, B, why don't you start us off with ROH? Where did they go wrong here? Well, I think with ROH, a lot of, we have to remember that with a lot of these companies, the reason why Vince McMahon um, is able to pay the wrestlers that he pays, the amount that they do, is a lot of it is in with advertising dollars. So having that national um, show is really what was the detriment to ROH because now you're left with, you know, the syndicated revenue dollars, which isn't, you know, like the national revenue dollars are. And then you also get corporate sponsors um, for the various events like um, now the WWE does on a consistent basis, you know, to where even they had their, their wrestlers, you know, pimping, you know, the latest, you know, Pizza Hut, you know, three pizzas in a box, <laughs> and that nasty cinnamon or the, the apple cinnamon on a you know pizza dough crust right. mess, which right. is just horrible. Right. But um, with them, without them really having a lack of you know lack of a national venue to where they could get advertising dollars, and also having someone with deep pockets. You know, that's a part of it, too, is where, you know, AEW, you know, they have, you know, Tony Khan, you know, with WCW, they had, you know, initially Ted Turner and then, you know, the whole um, Time Warner um, money behind them. Mm -hmm. So without without them able to attract that or I I don't know if they, you know, intentionally that they weren't trying to get it or, or or what the deal is, but without having the money to be able to grow your audience and be able to keep your, your wrestlers um, from, you know, deciding to go to, you know, bigger water and bigger waters or deeper pockets. Right. Um, you know, the, the list of wrestlers that they had that, you know, went on to both WCW and, uh, you know, WWE is long and extensive, you know, too many really to, to, to really go in now, but that was one of the main things. If, if they could have gotten a bigger, um, you know, gotten that national deal and gotten the additional money, they could have had a larger audience because, you know, there is a segment of people who just want the entertainment there and just casual viewers and they'll turn into the WWE, um, you know, product. Mm-hmm. But then there's others that love the wrestling, love the psychology, love the, the build up, the slow build to an angle and to have the payoff. You know, that's that's more what, you know, as a wrestling fan growing up that I love seeing was how the the stories would develop. You know, I, I it's right. a male soap opera. Right. You know, that that, that that's all it is. Is a male soap opera. Totally. So so yeah, so they, they did they were great at telling stories. El Generico El Generico, um, Kevin Steen, you know, that whole year mm-hmm. was that like a year and a half? Yes, at least oh, a year, yeah. Yeah, this that whole product was great. Even the, the the match series that they had with 
Austin Aries, Tyler Black, and Brian Danielson was gold. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brian Danielson and Nigel McGinnis match series was amazing. Yes. Yeah, CM yeah. Punk and Joe. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so, it, man, it, you see the talent that went on to do bigger and, and better things, but and I don't blame them because, I, you know, from what I hear, what they were getting paid was, you know, right. you know nothing. Right. You know, to, to, to get dressed in a middle school, you know, locker room, <laughs> to come out and put your body on the line with no insurance. Right. You get paid. Uh, yeah. Crap? Come on now. Exactly. You know, um, couldn't agree more. ROH, oh God! I think that when when they were brought by the Sinclair Group, I think we all thought we all assumed they were going to get put on a lot more channels, and they didn't. Um, I never saw ROH TV except for when they were on HD TV. I'm sorry, HD Net, whatever it was. They were on that channel briefly, and um, yeah. it was cool. I watched I watched it when it came on, and that was like maybe a year, if that, and then it was off, and you can never find. Um, Ring of Honor consistently on TV and it was frustrating because I followed the products, you know, during the dirt um, through the dirt sheets and on YouTube and, and see what was going on through there but it was never um, I never got to see a lot of the matches I rented one pay-per-view because there wasn't many that came out and um, again it was unfortunate because as much as I wanted to follow ROH I couldn't so I had to like read up on it and, and find out what's going on in the program I'm sorry, in the um, promotion. And um, one thing I do want to mention before I turn it over to, to JJ on this one is that um, I think one of their bigger mistakes was the all-in show. They um, they had, like, the hottest wrestlers in the in the country, and they let them go. They they didn't sign uh, Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega to a bigger deal because I don't think they thought they were the top stars at the time. And after the All In show, they lost them all to AEW. So All In pretty much led to AEW, which led to them all leaving Ring of Honor, which kind of led to the fall of the promotion. So there's that. <laughs> but um, JJ, what are you thinking? And I want to piggyback off that because my biggest, I think the biggest thing ROH did wrong, which actually, conveniently, I think... Um, is the same thing that New Japan gets wrong is that I never felt like they were serious about being a bigger company. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were content with the, with the, with the, with the spot that, that, that they have, but they never were really serious about growing their company. Because for years, ROH was a really hot product. Well, I mean, on like a smaller scale, you know, it wasn't like this whole, this, this big national thing, but the fans that they had were passionate and, you know, they would spend money on that product. But I never got a sense that they were really trying to build that promotion. And, you know, you hear about the guys getting paid peanuts and, you know, they would, I mean, that's why they would accept bigger deals from from WWE. Same thing with, with uh, New Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, granted, New Japan pays their talent far more than a, than a Ring of Honor. But, you still hear these stories about WWE offering these massive contracts in New Japan. Either they can't or they just won't match these deals. And like you have this talent and yet you're not seriously trying to expand your company. Granted, you know, ROH, they tried to get bigger, but I, I never felt like they were 
serious about it, if that makes any sense. Like, they just seemed so content being this small quasi-feeder system to WWE, whether it was main roster or whether it's NXT. They just seemed really content with having this small um, indie-type spirit, and they never really tried to expand and that that's, that was always one of my biggest gripes with with the, with the Ring of Honor. Like you have this talent, do something with it because it it was hard to call their product. I love Ring of Honor, but I would have to like actively search out mm-hmm. these matches. I, I would have to you know drop money on these DVDs, and for the most part, it, it was good stuff. But you know, I want to see a Ring of Honor TV show, right? And you know, like. TV is far different from just running running one show a month or whether or running a couple of shows a month. Mm-hmm. Like doing weekly TV is far harder and it's just it's just different. But I still wanted to see what they could have become had they had a weekly TV. I mean, shit, TNA they still have a oh, weekly TV God. show, so TNA yeah. could do it. I don't understand why ROH. Oh my could. God, that's that's a great point. I don't know how TNA's pulled it off. Smoking mirrors for for years. And um, Des- Destination America, that's how they pulled it off. But um, you mentioned, I think, what we want to jump into next as we're moving the show along. I like this. What we're going to jump into next is um, you mentioned all the stars ROH created. And um, that's what I want to talk about next is all the stars, both promotion creators, which I think is very significant. And um, first off, in that when I again, when I try to say who had the most stars, as I started off leaning one way, where well, I'm thinking, well, ECW had so many people. They had the Tazes, and they had Tommy Dreamers, and they had, you know, Dean Malenko's, Eddie Guerrero's, and Chris Jericho's. But technically, I can't really say they were homegrown stars. They just kind of came through ECW. And those, I mean, I feel the right? Same the Crispin Walls <laughs> and the Eddie Guerrero's, they, they were doing their thing already in, in uh, New Japan, or All Japan, or both. And so I, they actually did a stint there that they went through, uh, WCW went on. So when I look back now, you look at all the stars that came out of ROH. They're, they're kind of the people who are leading the industry right now. You're looking at the Samoa Joes, the CM Punks, um, Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, better known as, uh, Seth Rollins, who I too saw in Wrestle Society X team with Jimmy Jacobs and his weird team. Um, who else? Uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Shout out to Larry yep. Sweeney. Uh, <laughs> Larry Sweeney was the man. I missed that dude. Um, Nigel McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis. Jeez. Um, um, like I said, the Kings of Wrestling. Claudio, um, Claudio and Chris Hero. Um, mm-hmm. Loki. Loki came through there. Who was like indie darling for years. Um, Amazing Red came through there. Um, don't forget about that young knockout kid, Chris Hero. <laughs> I mentioned Chris Hero. Yeah, Chris Hero, Kings yeah. of Wrestling. There was yeah. a lot. I mean, some of the top guys now got um, came through actually um, Ring of Honor, and I think they spent a lot of time there, like significantly. The CM Punk, the Samoa Joes, and and Brian Danielson. So um, when I look on on those stars, and I look at. ECW, it's like you got Bubba Dudley, but I'm sorry, you got the Dudleys, who I consider homegrown talent. Um, you got Tommy Dreamer, and Taz, who I consider a homegrown talent. You got um, 
Sabu, it's hard to consider homegrown, yeah, but you got Rob Van. How do you, you not mention him? You're right. You're right. You're right. And I think the most homegrown talent person came out is Rob Van Dam. But here's the point: I think it's far fewer that came out of ECW. So go ahead. What were you thinking, Jam? So and you're right. I when, couldn't think of Rob Dam. When I first thought about this, I said, "Well, of course, ECW. They had the bigger stars. You know, you had Steve Austin. You know, you had he didn't come. Through. He went. He wasn't homegrown though. I don't want anything. 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 Okay. And, you know, you had Jimmy Snuka, right? And I was I was rattling through all these names, but I was thinking like, wait, I these guys were already known before they went to ECW. And then I started thinking, okay, well, they had Eddie Guerrero, they had Chris Jericho, they had Rey Mysterio, they had, they had us, uh, Psychosis. And it was like, okay, but I know them more from WCW versus ECW. Yeah. So the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, well, ROH made more stars and if you want to talk about all-time greats like cm punk brian danielson and samoa joe are all-time greats to me ecw really doesn't have that i mean you talk about for me rvd if i'm if i'm ranking top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time he's in my top five but really, I don't think he's. I don't think he's in a lot of people's top five. Yeah, no, no, um, no, he's not. Yeah, no. But that's just me. Dud, uh, the uh, the uh, Dudley Boys. I think they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I think a lot of people will, they'll they'll uh, they'll um, agree. That I agree. One of the I agree with of all that. Time. Yeah. But as far as like the Dudley Boys, I don't know how many like all time great acts. ECW really put out versus ROH, you know, I mean, Seth Rollins, Tyler Black right now, he's re- he's going to be an all-time great when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. Mm-hmm. You have Cesaro, mm-hmm. Mario Castagnoli, he is criminally, cr- criminally underused. He's not underrated. We, we all know how great he is. He's not underrated, but he is underused and we all agree with that. He should be an all-time great, but he's wasted his career in WWE. You know, you have Sami Zayn and, and, and mm. Kevin Owens, who mm. Kevin, and there are How did I miss those two? Right How did I miss WWE. those two? Yeah. You know, so ROH, they, they made more stars. However, I do think that ECW, like, I, they, they had bigger stars come into t- come into their company, but ROH made more stars. Because, you know, like, I I always think Steve Austin, but I knew him from WCW when he was in ECW. Like, I already knew, when I saw him in ECW, I already knew who he was. And granted, he was doing, like, some sort of proto-Stone Cold gimmick. Mm -hmm. Um, But I already knew who he was. So... (laughs) But I do want to give a shout out to Mikey Ripwreck because he introduced Stone Cold to the, to the Stone Cold Standard, which I think is one of the greatest finishes of all time. Nice. You can do it to anybody. You get a huge pop from it every time. Kick him in the gut, middle finger, boom, one, two, three. Which we'll probably see um, at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Kevin Owens. So, so yeah, I think ECW brought in bigger stars, but ROH main bigger stars well put well put 
Uh, B Square, close us out on the uh, bigger star question, ROH in ECW. Yeah, I, I think the way I view ECW, ECW is more like a transitional mm-hmm. um, company for stars. So they would either come from, you know, overseas or come from the ones we saw the most, WCW or ECW, and they were able to go there change up their style a little bit and then go on to do other things. You know, I, I think of when, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk, you know, when they went there, they already had long storied Hall of Fame careers even before they touched foot in ECW, mm-hmm. but they still were able to change up their style in order to ingratiate themselves to the fans of ECW with being able to throw hands. <laughs> Basically, that's what they, you know, did throughout that. So, I, and going back and looking at ECW, you know, I think, you know, was Ryan, would you consider Rhino a homegrown ECW? Yeah, talent? definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so with, with him and with uh, uh, Steve Carino, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about uh, Mike Awesome until ECW. But oh, you know, how did I not mention Mike Austin? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> okay, so with that, you know, there there are names you can you can mention that ECW had, but in terms of the the staying power, and it, it was all based on the well. And goodness, with ECW, you know, you had great matches with Malenko and um, Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. But you know, I knew them from other places before. Well, no. And, I, I first heard of Rey Mysterio in ECW before he went to WCW, before he then went to WWE mm-hmm. or um, WWF. But, you know, you guys have mentioned all of the names um, from uh, from ROH. And I, I just think, you know, when it's all said and done, ROH grew better talent, um, grew talent that are, you know, you know top 10 you know, easily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, talent level, you know, you, Kenny Omega, you know, we, he, he's been in New Japan, but when he did come stateside, he was right there. Okay, and, but facts, where did he come through first? Florida Championship Wrestling. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's actually a WWE homegrown talent. <laughs> Kenny Omega is a, is a fucking FCW guy. You would say he's a New Japan guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that developmental. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, when you when you look at the in, in ROH, the just the the names, even even Jay Lethal should have been. Oh man, should have been bigger. Yeah. you know, even though he he's not homegrown. You know, I first saw him when he was in um, TNA. You know, before he you know went there, then came back mm-hmm. and you know came back as Black Machismo, but. Just being able to work and being able to talk. If you could talk, you got me interested right there, but you can go out and put the work in on it too. And him and um, his, his pure tag team partner. Oh, can't, oh, names are escaping me. Um, but his, his wife is actually in AEW now. Um, Short and thick, I guess is the best way to describe her. And I, my apologies for, for for not having everyone's name down, but just the from overall talent. Who, Shane Strickland either made it to the pardon me. Shane Strickland. No, huh. no, Shane Strickland. He was tagged up with um, Keith Lee. Oh, okay, that's what he was with. Yeah, 
But um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to cover that on another show. But just just the talent when we, when we look at it, talent that went started in ROH or quasi started in ROH and then went on to do bigger and better things. ROH definitely wins hands down because they could actually wrestle. ECW, mm-hmm. a lot of their guys couldn't wrestle. Yeah. Or or by time they went to the you know went to the big leagues, they were well past their prime and with limited moonsets. Uh, limited and, a know, lot of things. What are you saying, Jim? Pardon me. Or, is Jimmy Jam? You were saying something? No, 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 no. The last thing I said was it was a uh, Shane Taylor who teamed up with Shane Taylor. That's it. Shane, yeah, not strictly. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I think I was, that's what I was thinking of with Shane Taylor. Um. Okay, so with that said, absolutely agreed. Absolutely agree. ROH clearly, I think, just built the better stars. It was um, the more you dig into it, they, they're if you was to put together a roster of all stars right now, today's product probably a third at least would be from um, ROH. So, um, excellent job with that Ring of Honor. So now I want to go with lasting impact. Who had the lasting or the biggest impact on wrestling that we will see for days to come, which is still tricky to answer, but I'm going to give it up to Jimmy on this one. Lead us off, my guy. Who do you think had the, uh, who will have the most lasting impact on wrestling? Ring of Honor or Extreme Championship Wrestling? So this was the hardest category for me to, to actually pick a winner. Um, my first mind was that it, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a tie, mm-hmm. but you can't go out like that. I would say Ring of Honor because I want to give kudos to ECW. Without ECW, who knows where the wrestling business would have been in the in the nineteen nineties? Because without them having an edgier product, I highly doubt WCW and WWE you know, steal all of that and transition to more edgy product than ECW had. We still would have had Duke the Dumpster Drosy oh and news and shit like that. <laughs> so I think they like ECW, I don't want to say they saved wrestling in, in, in the night. I think that's too much, but they had a massive, massive influence. However, Ring of Honor will have, and people still turn ECW when they go to venues today, but Ring of Honor will have a more lasting impact because of the stars they made and honestly because of AEW. <laughs> like Young Bucks, Hangman, you know, Kenny, like the whole Bullet Club thing, that was big in, in New Japan and it was big in, in, a, in, a, in a Ring of Honor. And you know, for them to create AEW is like, where would the business be right now if there was no AEW? For WWE having this massive oh my goodness. and TNA or Impact Wrestling being Impact Wrestling, you know, I mean, they've gotten mm-hmm. better, but it's still Impact Wrestling. It's like, where would the business be if there wasn't this this other major North American company for wrestlers to, to really work and apply their craft. So that's why I think Ring of Honor will have, the, will have more of a lasting impression because AEW is, much like Ring of Honor was a spiritual successor 
to ECW, AEW is that spiritual successor to Ring of Honor. Mm. Mm. And, you know, and Ring of Honor, you know, without Ring of Honor, we don't get NXT, which I think was both the hottest and best product, even better than New Japan. I was. love New Japan, but I think Ring, um, I think uh, and uh, NXT was better than uh, than a New Japan for for that whole stretch. New Japan they had they had the better main events, but NXT was just top to bottom a better product. It was a hotter product, and without Ring of Honor, you don't get that. Mm. Without Ring of Honor, you don't you don't get you know Brian Danielson and CM Punk coming into WWE. You don't get this this modern style of wrestling. And I, I would just hate to see where the business would be right now without Ring of Honor. Mm. So yeah, Ring of Honor, they get, they get the last name print. And, and 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 the matches they had. I guess we can close up with, with with the matches between ECW and Ring of Honor, but they just had some all time transcendent matches. When you talk about Joe versus Kobashi, mm-hmm. um, you know when you talk about CM Punk versus Raven and that dog collar match. CM Punk versus Joe, those are, those are, those are three great five stars like that, that, that they had the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Ring of Honor, definitely more of a, of a lasting impression than ECW. All right, B-Square, follow that, as Shawn Michaels would say. Well, I would say it just depends on what perspective or what fan you're coming from. If you're coming from the casual fan and still most you know, that you have a hardcore group of fans who know everything, read the dirt sheets and everything. But most, I think most of the fans worldwide, you know, if I want to take it just beyond, you know, the United States, but worldwide, have never heard of an ROH. Mm-hmm. They know these wrestlers. They don't, the first time they know these wrestlers is when they hit AEW now and WWE. So in terms of lasting profession, you can go overseas. And, you know, you hit that... ECW, and you're going to get ECW chance. ECW, even though you know there a lot of their in ring talent, you know, like Jimmy Jeff said earlier, was, was straight up garbage. But they were it, it left a lasting impression, and we never would have had all of these crazy, insane matches that a lot of them. Yes, they did steal from Mexico and from Japan, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but they brought it to an American audience. And it just took it to a level to which I, I still don't understand, you know, that I can hit you in the head five times with a chair and you can kick out. But all I got to do is a schoolboy boy, and I can roll you up for a one, two, three. Which, uh, make it make sense to me. I, I, I don't understand why. <laughs> but, like the 24-hour title. Just from, a, just from a name recognition itself, ECW will still be remembered far longer to the casual wrestling fan than ROH because there's still so many people who don't know ROH. And, and I'll leave that. And going to follow up with that, as I started this, this versus series, the first two I started with was Ring of Honor versus ECW. And my thought was, at the end of the day, it was going to be a clear-cut runner in ROH because they did it better, I thought. They did it right. And producing the better stars and having a cleaner product. And as the more I dwelled into it, the more I looked at it, I realized that ECW basically gave birth to modern wrestling. Um, 
without ECW, there wouldn't have been all of these things you see today. It wouldn't have been um, the hardcore title and all the crazy matches and crazy things you saw and um, and during the Attitude Area. Area? During the Attitude Era. <laughs> it was an Attitude Area. That sounds naughty. It was during the Attitude Era. There was a lot going on. Pretty much all that came from ECW. And with that, you you got ROH. And with that, you got NXT and AEW and all these things. But you wouldn't have had a more realistic product, a more um, grounded product, without the birth of ECW. Um, since WWE stole from that, it became the accepted way of doing wrestling and more realistic based products and not like we said, Mantar and Skinner and all these crappy um, gimmicks that were given us during that period of the late nineties that I was really going to be done with it. And then it came along a much, much more serious, much more adult driven product. And it was entertaining and we enjoyed it. And, and without ECW, Wrestling may have actually fallen. I'm not going to give them credit for saving wrestling, but WWE was going out of business. And if they were to crash, everybody would have crashed. That's a fact. So, so Ron, you're not a fan of Bash and Booger? <laughs> I love Bash and Booger. What do you mean? That was the one person that I was going to root for until he became a friar, and that sucked. And that was just weird. Oh, let's <laughs> goddamn! Friar Tuck, tuck your ass back into the to another organization and get the hell away from me. Um, so yeah, actually, I'm going to go ahead and go with ECW. We, um, as far as being uh, a pivotal and very influential. Um, promotion, but I still think ROH may have li- given more to wrestling on the whole. So there, that is my I, I cheap way out. One, one, one last thing that I, uh-huh. mention. I think ECW benefited WWE more than anything else, but I think ROH benefited the entire wrestling business mm. more, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. I think you're right. Yeah. On on the whole, ROH definitely gave more as far as ECW changed the business, I think. ROH yeah. left left it with I more. Mean, if it wasn't for ECW, you wouldn't have any any of these uh, three-way dance matches. Thank ECW you. Oh, so many things. For anybody. So you many know? things. You would have never had Joe versus AJ versus Christopher Daniels, which is oh, one of the great, great matches of all time. Shout out to TNA. So now, give us some love. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and that was the first in our versus series. When we do this, we do this series when it's a TNA versus AEW, I will give TNA their flowers. No, you're not. And I'm doing TNA versus New Japan just to mess with you. <laughs> well, no. TNA will get their flowers from me on that. Day. You're going to crush TNA. You're going to make me feel sorry for TNA. Um <laughs> <laughs> and that was they hired Vince Russo, so fuck them. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I'm not gonna rent. I'm not gonna rent. You save it, save it, save it. And that was our versus series um, copyright infringement. I hope that's not what that is. But it's not versus. It's vs. So there. <laughs> Don't come after me, Diddy. Um All right. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a great, great day. Thank you for joining us, Click. Much appreciated for your time, B-Squared. Oh, not a problem. Anytime. Jimmy Jam, as always, thank you for coming in and hanging out with the Click. 
Thanks for having me. I will be back next week. No doubt. No doubt. And the stud is over. That didn't even sound good. Big Ron Stud is out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening and being a part of the click. Catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Bye-bye now.